It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hello, folks. It is time for more money on WABC Talk Radio. I am your host, Stephen Moore, economist at Freedom Works, economist with Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And I got to tell you, folks, I am pretty angry this morning, this morning and today about what happened in Washington late last night, where the Democrats in the dead of night passed a horrific green energy bill. They call it an infrastructure bill. But as I've said many times on the show, only one out of every four dollars in that bill is actually for roads and highways. Most of it is for green energy projects like massive subsidies to Tesla and windmills and solar power, which do nothing for our infrastructure. By the way, there's no Keystone Pipeline. There's nothing to promote American oil and gas and coal, which is critical to our energy infrastructure in this country. But, you know, we could argue about what's in the bill, but I don't I think it's hard to defend $5 billion more for Amtrak when every Amtrak line loses money around the country and has so for 50 years. Why don't we privatize the railroads? But what was really insidious was that Republicans in the House gave Nancy Pelosi this victory. She handed a victory to Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi did not have 218 votes. As you know, that's what's needed to pass legislation out of the House. But guess who gave her a big assist? Something like 15 to 20 Republicans gave Nancy Pelosi the margin of error so she could pass this horrid, horrid bill. Now, Again, we could debate. I know some of you may think that this uh, this uh, so-called infrastructure bill is good for America. I know the polls show a lot of Americans like it. But here's the thing that they're not telling you in Washington, that this is what I call the gateway drug to the $4 trillion Godzilla bill, which is a total disaster for our country. We know that, right? We know it's a disaster for our country. When you look at the massive increase in taxes, our tax rates would go on our small businesses and our American corporations. We go higher than they are in China, for goodness sakes, and Russia. Uh, it's a giveaway of our energy independence to countries like Saudi Arabia and Vladimir Putin. It does not have any work requirements, no work requirements for a massive increase in the welfare state. We're not going to have anybody in this country working anymore. We're suckers. Those of us who are working are suckers because a lot of time people on welfare, especially under this bill, are going to get more money than if they work. How is that fair? I mean, the liberals love to talk about fairness. What's fair? What's equitable? How is it equitable that people aren't working can make more money than people who are working? Uh, There's so much else in this bill to to just be horrified by. Our debt would skyrocket. Uh, We would owe more money to the Chinese. Somebody tell me how that's good for the American economy. Uh, We're talking about every child born today would would have to pay $300,000 in in debt payments to the federal government by the time they're 30, uh, largely because of bills like this. Uh, What great country passes on those kinds of bills to its children? And so you can tell I'm angry. Today, I was angry last night uh, in the wee hours of the morning 
when I heard about this betrayal. And Republicans are the stupid party because they gave a victory to Nancy Pelosi for a bill that will massively increase our spending, the size of government, and the debt that we pass on to our children. Now, I want to mention one other thing. Uh, Tuesday was, if you're a Republican, obviously a great day. It was an incredible election day, one of the best ever. With I, I actually live in the Dominion state of uh, Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And uh, we obviously had a big victory there with uh, Glenn Youngkin, who's an astonishingly good candidate. And then you've got Winston Sears, uh, the immigrant from Jamaica who is living the American dream. I just love her story. She's going to be bursting out on the national scene. Uh, She embodies how you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps in this great country, come to this country with nothing and become a lieutenant uh, governor of the state of Virginia. And by the way, I think she will be the next governor of Virginia. So that was great news. Uh, The Republicans swept everything in Virginia. In Pennsylvania, they swept uh, in in mayoral races. Uh, People ousted the uh, the the Democrats and the, the progressive Democrats and their their left wing radical socialist big government agenda. So that was good. I said on this show uh, last week, I said it with Larry Kudlow last week, that uh, the Democrats needed a good spanking, a good spanking from voters. And that's exactly what they got, a good spanking. I hope they hear the message, but I don't think they did. Pelosi is trying to advance these two crazy bills as we speak. She's now the president will pass, will sign into law this uh, multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill. By the way, I don't remember that's on top of the $2 trillion we already gave her, uh, gave gave um, the states earlier this year with the uh, blue state bailout. So we're just mounting debt. You know, I'm just, oh, we're so proud. Everybody's feeling so good about this. Yeah, well, you just keep mounting debt. You just buy things with your credit card, right? Let's just use the analogy of a family. If you've got a massive, uh, you know, allowance on your credit card, and you ring up your credit card and you party like it's 1999. Yeah, you go, well, things are wonderful. You know, it's like jumping off a cliff in the first, you know, 20 seconds are wonderful until you crash on the bottom. That's what I fear, folks. I fear that this is going to make inflation worse. I think we're going to see gas prices going to five, six dollars an hour. I mean, a gallon. Uh, and that's not good for the middle class of America. But I want to mention one other quick thing. I think what happened in New Jersey was a miracle. Uh, it, it, it was a statement. So those of you who voted in Virginia, New Jersey, uh, hopefully you voted Republican. I mean, if you voted Democrat, why? <laughs> why would you vote for these people? They're ruining your state, right? They're massively increasing your uh, spending and your taxes. You've got the highest taxes in the country, except for California. You've got property taxes that are the highest, I think, in the United States of America. If they're not the highest, the, the, the highest among the top three. Uh, you've, got, uh, you've got people leaving New Jersey. Nobody wants to start businesses in New Jersey. Uh, I, <laughs> Murphy was a complete catastrophe the way he handled COVID with all the nursing home deaths and with one of the highest death rates of any uh, state was New Jersey. Uh, And then he shut down the economy and and caused the death of a lot of the small businesses in New Jersey. And and how can anybody reward somebody like that? Really? uh, How can anybody vote to reward Murphy? Now, I'm I'm not questioning. Maybe people have other reasons why they might support him. But when you look at how he handled COVID and you look at how he's handling the economy, it's hard to give him a thumbs up voter of approval. But the other point I would really like to make is I just want to say that Joe, who ran an incredible race, hats off to you. I salute you, Joe. I hope you're listening to this uh, this show. If the Republican Party had put one or two million dollars more in that race, which is nothing, 
uh, you would be the, gov- the governor. And I don't know about all the hanky-panky and the irregularities that went on in the voting in New Jersey. I don't live there, so I can't speak of that. Those of you who live in New Jersey know a lot more about that issue than I do. But it is suspicious, isn't it, that every time Republicans lead by, a, uh, you know, a, a narrow margin, uh, they, the Democrats seem to find other bags of ballots that they can count. And again, I'm not making any accusations. I don't know if that happened, but I've seen it happen before. I'm, in, I'm from Illinois, folks. I know a lot about how the Democrats can skew elections. So my point is, I am uh, I'm very proud of Joe. I hope he runs again. I hope uh, in four years he is the governor of New Jersey. Boy, what a great agenda he ran. L- lowering taxes across the board, giving parents more choice, supporting the, the police, the good police. Look, I know there are bad police out there, too. I've been pulled over by bad police, but I'm talking about the good ones who keep us safe. Uh, the, the idea of balancing the budget without massive increases in the amount they take out of our wallet. That's what Joe stood for. And boy, come on, New Jersey. You need to change. You need to change. Have the courage to change. So, Joe, you did an amazing race. You got outspent by Murphy and the Democrats and the unions went four to one and you came within an eyelash and you may have actually won. I don't know what really happened. I know there's a recount. So good day for America in terms of what happened on Tuesday. Bad day for America, what happened last night. Uh, But I think the American people are clearly, clearly, clearly moving away from the radical left-wing agenda of the Democrats, of AOC, of Bernie Sanders, of Joe Biden. I just, I cannot stand what I see in the Democratic Party. When I first came to Washington, there were a lot of great Democrats like, you know, Bill Bradley of New Jersey. You had people like Sam Nunn of Georgia. You had people like Dick Gebhardt of Missouri. Uh, even, even uh, you know, people, uh, you know, who, who were in the Senate, uh, who changed parties, uh, you know, because they couldn't stand how the Democrats had moved so far to the left. So I'm hoping the Democrats get back to sanity. <laughs> if you're and, and I have great hopes for the new mayor of New York. I like some of the things he's saying. Obviously, he's a huge, huge trade up from uh, from your mayor today. So uh, that is my message. I think it's uh, we're looking at some maybe turbulent times ahead. Because the federal government in Washington is out of control, but it's great, isn't it, when the American people speak up, as they did on Tuesday, all across the country. And I think their message, I'm going to summarize it as this. By the way, you're listening to Steve Moore, This Is More Money. We're on every uh, every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. and every Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. But I want to summarize this, all, this whole last week by saying this. The politicians work for us. We don't work for them. I hope that the teachers unions, I hope the school board members, I hope the senators, the governors, the mayors, the city council members, the president of the United States get that message. You work for us. We put you in office. You don't uh we don't work for you. I know that politicians get that confused. Now look, uh my great buddies, I call them citizens pain. Ryan and Bob Payne will be telling you now about the financial situation that is going on in this country. They are two of the very, very best in the business. Uh, So when we uh, come back from our short, short uh, commercial break, uh, I'm turning over the microphone to two of the top in the business, Ryan and Bob Payne, Citizens Payne, I call them. And as they always say, stable. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne filling in for Steve Moore today on More Money. And Bob, man, oh, man, what a week on the Street of Dreams. We're at all-time highs and all the major indices. 
We've got unemployment coming down. We had a huge blowout number in employment on Friday. In addition to that, the Fed has basically said they're not raising interest rates, so the punch bowl is still there. Is this like as good as it gets? Bob, this is unbelievable. Well, only if that punch bowl spiked, right? I hate those punch <laughs> bowls where it's just you know full of fruit juice. <laughs> Always a buzzkill, no pun intended. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm so happy the government uses pencils with erasers because every time they come out with a number, it's always wrong, right? So we <laughs> hit this phenomenal number on unemployment on Friday, and then they revised both uh, October and September higher. Um, you know, so you know, we, the market's been telling us all along that things are a lot better than what the media thought or the government thought. So thank goodness for erasers. Well, I'll tell you what, it's the other thing that's interesting is I still feel like a lot of us feel like the next shoe's going to drop at some point. Like, this is too good to be true. You know, this market can't keep climbing. But I got news for you. It probably can keep climbing because the one thing we've talked about a lot on this show is there's just so much money out there that the government's created, and it's starting to funnel its way into the economy. Like, we look at uh, the consumer right now, and this is one thing I think that economists tend to discount, Bob is they're always saying, you know, I don't think the American consumer is going to go back to their old spending habits. I think they're going to dial back on spending. It never happens. <laughs> no. Americans always no, you, spend uh, money. You, you discount the U.S. consumer at your own peril. I mean, that's uh, one thing I know, married to your mom, is that the consumer is always alive and well. And um, but yeah, I'll tell you the other thing that really gets me upset, Rye. When you listen to this financial media, you listen to the financial propaganda, and they're saying, well, you know, the smart money uh, took money off the table in September because they knew a correction was coming. And the dumb money. Now, when they talk about dumb money, they're talking about me and you and our clients. <laughs> and it really is insulting. You know, the dumb money is, you know, been buying every dip. Now, we're at all time record highs, which means our portfolios at our all time record highs. I don't know who looks dumb here. I don't think it's I don't think it's the smart money that looks smart. I think the dumb money looks smart. If that's who we are. <laughs> hey, I'll take it, Bob. I'd rather be dumb and rich <laughs> and smart and unrich, but I don't think it makes any sense. But I, I think, you know, the bottom line here is we always talk about the, the stock market. We talk about the economy and how the stock market is looking into the future. It's kind of, it's discounting what's going to happen moving forward. And I think the fact that the market's been so strong here, what it's telling you, and this is contrary to popular belief, is the economy is going to get stronger here. It's not going to get weaker and the unemployment numbers are coming down. Again, we're seeing really healthy spending. The other big number is wages are going higher. People are actually making more money, and it's significant right now. So if you're a consumer, you're feeling flush right now. You've got more cash, and your wages are going up. Like That's a great combination. Again, right, it's all about using common sense. I mean, I, I know a lot of people think you, you and I as financial geeks because we love this stuff. We read everything. We talk about it every I resent day. That. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> well, it represents you, just so you know. So look in the mirror. But you know, <laughs> when you think about it, it's just really common sense. We don't have a demand problem. We have a supply problem, right? All those shelves have been empty. You know, it's been frustrating to get a dishwasher or a car, but you know, the demand is there. And meanwhile, you know, those inventories have to be rebuilt. And when you're rebuilding inventories, that's huge profit margins, you know, for manufacturing, for companies. No wonder, you know, stocks are going up. They're anticipating phenomenal GDP numbers coming in the next quarter and the following quarter, plus earnings. And earnings have been spectacular. They're going to continue to be spectacular because the economy is reopening again. Yeah, we had the COVID variant or the Delta variant of the COVID virus over the summertime going into the fall. It kind of shut things down again. And now that's, to your point, kind of reopening. And I think the other big tailwind here, which is it's an economic term that everyone loves to use right now, 
is millennials, right? If you look at millennials right now, they're in a fantastic position. They're not living in their parents' basement anymore. The oldest millennials are now 40, and they're getting into their peak spending and earning years, right? When you get to like 45 to 55, that's typically when you make the most and spend the most because you start having families. It's kind of like, Bob, you back in the 80s and your generation, the baby boomers, you came into your peak earning and spending years, you know, really around that time. And now we're seeing the millennials go through the same cycle. And that's a huge tailwind for the economy for the next couple of years. Yeah, it really is, right? That's just another reason why you need to be nice to your brother uh, since he's a millennial and uh, he's out there spending and and building his nest and, and, you know, and pushing your stock market up for you. So, you know, just remember that uh, the holidays are coming. Don't forget your brother, the millennial. <laughs> and sister. And sister. Uh, that's true. That's right. Your sister's a millennial, too. I thought, she, uh, I thought she was a different generation, but she actually is a millennial. So not only are the millennials making more money, you got to remember, Rob, my generation, uh, we believe we're going to live forever. You know, that's how baby boomers think. Uh, actually, there's uh, 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day. Well, somebody's taking those big jobs, and it's the millennials. So not only you know they're they're entering years, their peak earning years, but they're also making a lot of money. I mean, you know, sometimes I watch these news stations, and they still think millennials live in the basement, but they don't. And they're also investing. You know, it surprises <clears throat> when I see you on national television, and the commentator says, "So, Ryan, where are you seeing a lot of your new clients?" And you say, "Millennials." I go, "Millennials." What, what do millennials have money? He said they have money. They have tons of money. And a lot of it's been in cash and a lot of it's finding its way into the market. And there's going to be $2 trillion a year transferred from the baby boomers to the millennials every year for the next 10 years. And I'm telling you right now, Rye, that money's going to go into financial assets. It also speaks to is demand is probably going to stay strong for quite a while. And I think this plays into the other big question on everyone's mind how long is inflation going to last, right? And the Fed, they told us it was transitory. Now they're saying, well, maybe not as transitory as we said it was going to be. So I think the question going into next year is how much inflation are, going to, are we going to have? And is this something we need to worry about? Well, you know, it's something that, you know, you can worry, right? But I don't think, you know, hope and prayer and worry is a strategy, right? I think what you have to do is take action. Yes, there's inflation. If you don't see it, you know, go to a store, go to the gas station, you know, look at the price of food. Uh, you know, look, we have to pay for a new car if you can find one. So there is inflation. I know some of it is transitory. When we start to fix uh, some of these uh, supply chain issues, you know, that will dissipate. But it's pretty sticky, right? On, on the last time I, I looked, when you give someone a raise, you're going to have wage inflation. You don't typically take it back. Um, so, yes, there's going to be inflation. It's going to be sticky. It's not going to be hyperinflation like I had, um, you know, when you were a kid. It's going to be, you know, higher than what you expect. And as a result, you got to make sure that your portfolio is hedged because you haven't had an inflation issue for 40 years now. No, it's a great point. And that's why this year, it's no coincidence that if you look at energy stocks, specifically financials, which have been kind of dead money compared to those hot growth stocks that we've seen the last decade are leading the way this year. It's because inflationary pressure is real and it's probably going to stick around and you have to ask yourself that question. In my portfolio, do I have inflation hedges? And you know, one thing we talk about all the time on the show is how much we don't like bond funds. And we <laughs> see a lot of you owning bond funds. And as rates go up, they go down dramatically. And that is probably a long-term problem as well. So it's time to reassess your portfolio. You've got a position for the future that's a booming economy. That's more inflation than we've had. And again, this economy can be strong a lot longer than the media is telling you, don't believe the hype. 
Well, one thing I don't want you to believe are these gold commercials. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen so many gold commercials in my life. You would think that gold was outperforming the S&P 500. So in the last 10 years, if you had a large growth portfolio, you made 18% a year. If you had gold, you barely broke even. Matter of fact, the only asset class that's down this year, Rye, there's two of them. <laughs> one is gold and the other are bond funds. And unfortunately, there's so many of you are loaded with those investments thinking that you're hedged against inflation. You're getting killed by inflation. You're getting killed in those investments. They've got to go. Bob, I feel lied to by those gold commercials, but it's another story. Look, if you're thinking to yourself right now, these are all the issues I need to address in my portfolio. I need to address inflation. I need to get a plan together so I can be financially secure in retirement. Here's your shot to do it. We have 10 slots. We'll keep it open for the show. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, myself and Bob will run for you our total financial master plan, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review where we review everything up front. There's no other financial services firm that does this work up front. You send us all your holdings through our secure email server. We'll build a financial portal. We'll go through everything. We'll look at every investment you have. We'll put together a full income plan. We'll factor in inflation. We'll look at what you should be taking for Social Security. And we'll make sure that your portfolio is protected. If the market sells off tomorrow, how is your portfolio positioned? Or are you just sitting with way too much cash, earning nothing as inflation's going higher? Paralysis by analysis. We'll put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you lots of products with fees, high fees, and tax inefficiencies. We're going to go through those annuities, insurance products, mutual funds, show you how to reduce costs, put together a game plan to reduce taxes because taxes are probably going higher. Then we're going to tie it all together into one total financial master plan and determine, are you going to outlive your money? Or more importantly, is your money going to outlive you? Utilizing strategies now, our family has been perfecting for over 40 years. Take your family from point A to point B with the least amount of risk and the highest odds of success. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own customized total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. No strings attached. There's no plan. You know, text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, the Dow, in the words of singer-songwriter Prince, decided it was going to party like it's 1999, as it crossed and closed above 36,000 for the first time in history. Just as journalist James Glassman and economist Kevin Hassett predicted way back in 1999 in their infamous book entitled Dow 36,000. Their prediction was realized this week. Unfortunately, it was a case of right church, wrong pew. In their book, they wrote that the Dow would reach 36,000 by 2005. Oh, well. 16 years later than predicted, I would say better late than never, demonstrating once again what really matters for investors is time in the markets, not timing the markets. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve announced, as widely expected, the tapering of their bond purchases. The process will see reductions of $15 billion each month from the current $120 billion a month and should conclude around July of next year. More importantly, 
they voted not to raise interest rates and they don't envision a rate hike until the bond taper is completed late next year. Good news from the Fed was followed by good news from the economy as non-farm payrolls posted their biggest jump since July. Payrolls grew by 531,000 as the unemployment rate fell to 4.6%. Now, stocks rallied to new highs on the news with the Dow over 36,000 for the first time, the NASDAQ over 16,000, and the S&P over 4,700. All new record highs, biggest in history. Now, the 10-year Treasury yield declined below 1.5% from a recent high of 1.6%. Starting to look like there's no alternative. And this happened with the 10-year Treasury yield declining below 1.5% from a recent high of 1.6%. Now, investors continue to be optimistic with GDP growth about to head higher as the economy continues to reopen. Supply chain woes begin to ease and pent-up demand continues to unfold. Liquidity remains robust with the accommodative Fed keeping interest rates near zero. With the Dow finally over 36000 it might be time for James Glassman and Kevin Hassett to publish their sequel. How's Down One Million sound for the new title? My son Ryan and I have 47 years of industry experience building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free comprehensive review, all you have to do is text or call right now, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management filling in for Steve Moore this morning. And you know, Bob, with the thousand or so families we manage at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, you know, one thing that we found is everyone has different variables that they need to account for. You know, we talk about this a lot, but every financial plan should be unique to you. So I thought we could talk about some of those main variables that we see week after week when we're trying to solve for financial independence for all the folks that work with us that our listeners can glean some advice from and just look at some of those things that you need to account for to make sure that you're essentially on your make sure you're on your correct path to financial independence. Well, you know, Ryan, a lot of times when you think about financial planning, you think about finances, you think about the financial market, you only hear about is buy low, sell high, but really most important part of financial planning and achieving all of your lifetime goals is how much income are you going to generate and how much income do you actually need in order you know, to overcome inflation, taxation, and to accomplish all those financial goals and lifetime goals that you have. Yeah. And I think the thing we always think about, people ask me this all the time, like, hey, you know, the amount of money we spend, is that pretty normal for people my age or, you know, people that I live near? And I always say, no, (laughs) everyone, it's surprising, but everybody's financial goals or income goals are different. Like I can have two people that have the same net worth, but their spending habits can be completely different. You know, I always tell that story about a client by we had many years ago who had $10 million dollars. And we sat down and he was spending a million dollars a year. And I said to him, I said, guess what? You're going to run out of money in 10 years. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you're spending a million dollars a year. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. It matters how it matters how much money you spend. And that's the first thing you need to solve for when you're building that financial plan. Well, that's why financial planning rise a process. It's not a book. It's not a document. It's not a piece of paper. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's a process so that, you know, as you look at each year, you know, you may you may have 
cut traveling for the last two years. Suddenly you have this wonderful budget because you don't have travel in your budget. But now you're going to start traveling again, right? And, and the cost of everything is going up. So it might cost you more to travel and, and you know, your hobbies. And you, know, you look at, well, do I want to pay off my mortgage or do I want to you know, maintain that? So you know, there, there's a lot of variables that you want to account for, but you also want to update and review on an annual basis. And that's why it's so important to have something like our, our financial portal you know, where that information is updated real time and you can play what if, you know, what if I decide to go, you know, on that African safari or what if I decide to go, you know, to Australia as opposed to just going down the Jersey Shore, you know, so that's um, it's really important yeah. to have an interactive you know, plan yeah. that is, you know, continuing. Well, that's a good point that that came up this nine month cruise you can now take, by the way, thinking about like what you can obscenely spend money on right now. Can you imagine me on a cruise for nine months? I think I'd be very sad. That's way too long to be on a cruise. But, I don't know. You're thinking about that midnight buffet. I know. <laughs> Every day, the midnight buffet. But I think that's a great point right now is, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. So you probably have a better financial balance sheet than you did before. But now, all of a sudden, you probably want to spend more money and everything costs more, which means your budget probably has to go up, which means you need to be running that financial plan again to see how your portfolio is going to hold up with the higher cost of living. And I think that's something probably most of us haven't done. Like That all has to be redone now because we're in a higher inflationary period. If that lasts a couple of years, you're going to need more money in retirement. Yeah, it's not just uh, inflation, right? It's also taxes. I mean, your taxes are going to go up. I mean, that's just... You know, every politician, that's their dream right now. Like, let me see what we can tax, right? If it moves, let's tax it. So I don't know what they're going to end up with, with these plans that they're proposing down in D.C. But I know one thing, you and I end up paying higher taxes every year. So we got to account, you know, we got to account for that in our plan. We have to make sure we have enough income to overcome, you know, those taxes, not just the tax you pay, but like inflation, that hidden insidious tax that I can't stand. Yeah, no, that's right. And I think, again, you have one of these unique windows. They haven't passed anything yet. But, Bob, you know, I want to be realistic here. I don't want to be a cynic. They're probably going to find a way to tax us more in the future. And we're going to talk about this later on the show today. We actually have a case we worked on where if you're in a low tax bracket this year, maybe you retired. At 72, you're going to have to take money out of your retirement plans, which becomes a ticking tax time bomb. So you can convert money to tax-free right now. Um, you can have tax-free bonds in your portfolio that generate tax-free income, but there's so many ways to optimize the taxes. And again, if taxes are going to go higher, it's the decisions you make today that are going to save you later. You don't want to wait on that. You don't want to procrastinate on that. You know, right? It's like saving money on taxes, you know, hedging your portfolio for inflation. These are the pennies that you save that turn into dollars that make a huge difference because here's the other thing that's going on. We're all living longer, right? Healthcare is better. Um, you know, we're, we're healthier as, as a race, we're getting better every year and people are living longer. And the one thing you want to do is be in a position where you want to make sure that you're, you, know, you don't outlive your assets, right? You don't want to run out of money. There's nothing worse than running out of money because the one thing I don't want to have to do is sleep on your couch. I can tell you that. Well, you know what, Bob, you're always welcome to sleep on my couch and mom too. But no, I think that is, we hear that a lot from clients just saying like, hey, like, you know, don't factor in, I'm going to live a lot longer. You know, my, my parents didn't, but I think you always want to plan more conservatively, right? In our average plan, we factor in your living to at least age 90. In fact, the fastest growing sector of our client base are people over 90 because we are living longer. What's surprising about that is your spending doesn't necessarily go down as much as you think. You know, we, I hear this in retirement. Well, the first couple of years, we're going to do a lot of traveling, then we're going to stop. 
But, man, we have clients well into their 80s. So not just along with that inflationary pressure, you've got to have your money last a lot longer. So your planning has to be more on point than it was in the past. This is where you've got to get razor sharp on making sure that you've got the right budget and you've got enough money to retire on. And, Ryan, you know, you have to start at the beginning, right? You have to look at you know, how your investments are, are structured, but you also have to look at your passive income streams. And, you know, one mistake I see a lot of you making is you claim your social security improperly, right? There's, there's probably a thousand different strategies you can employ. All of you are unique and you want to employ those unique strategies, both when it comes to social security. And if you're lucky, like a lot of my clients, you have pensions and how you choose that pension distribution, whether it's a you know, just for your life or, or also including your spouse. I see a lot of mistakes that are made there. And it's not in thousands of dollars. It's in hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, over your lifetime. So these are decisions that have to be made in the context of your unique position, not rule of thumbs like you read on Google and the Internet. Yeah, that's the most dangerous thing you can do. And it's kind of like, well, look, I won't have brain surgery. I'm not going to go on YouTube and figure out how to do that. Your financial life next to your health is probably like the most critical area that you need to do correctly. And you're, you're right. Just one, one bad mistake can really ruin everything. And you know, Rye, if you're thinking to yourself right now, I deserve a tailored strategy that has the highest odds of successfully meeting my goals. Well, here's your opportunity. We're offering for the next seven callers our groundbreaking analysis. Now, it happens to be the most comprehensive review available. It's the only one of its kind. No one in the industry will go to the trouble that we go to week after week to help you achieve your financial goals. You know, our reviews, as we look at them, have revealed that you don't have a financial plan. You have a collection of investments that were sold, not bought, annuities, high cost, tax inefficient mutual funds, individual speculations that have high cost or tax inefficient, and as a result, have a much lower risk adjusted return and a low probability of meeting the returns you need to achieve your goals. You and your family are unique. We take the time to learn about your unique goals and your unique needs, and that's why we have to limit our offer to only 10 each week. And if you missed out last week, we're sorry, because you know we can only handle 10, and you have seven left, so here's your chance. All you have to do is text or call, and our financial advisors and team of certified financial planners will create for you your own unique, tailored, total financial master plan. So don't waste time. Give us a call or text at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. We have seven slots left. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, our team of fiduciaries, financial advisors, a second opinion at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is Bob and Ryan Payne filling in for Steve Moore on More Money. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. All right, we're back with more money. We've got Bob and Ryan today filling in for Mr. Steve Moore. And this is what we call our spotlight segment. Every single week, what we do is we dissect a real financial plan and we uncover the flaws or what we like to call pain points. Of course, that's P A Y N E so that you can make or avoid the same mistakes that a lot of investors have made with their portfolio. And to help us with this today, we have our advisor at Payne Capital Management, Miss Jen Financial Angel on the line. Jen, thanks for joining us this morning to discuss this case. Hello, Payne. How are we? <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, Jen, you worked on a case recently uh, where a couple came in 
and you helped them on their path to financial independence. So why don't you just break down what some of the issues were and how you were able to help uh, get this portfolio in line and get them finally on that path to financial security? Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, they're now clients. Um, and uh, this couple, uh, he's kind of right when he's a doctor, uh, retired recently um, and had a few pension payouts come in. And then now is kind of now fully dependent on his portfolio. Um, they both are. And so this couple, I mean, their biggest problem is that they had stuff everywhere. So they had three different advisors, uh, you know, 10 different accounts. And the problem is there's a lot of overlap um, that we see all the time, right? If you have stuff everywhere, you think it's diversified, you have three different advisors, but the reality is they're all doing very similar investments. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I see this all the time, Jen. You have, um, you know, the, the idea of you don't want all your eggs in one basket. So a, a lot of investors will tend to work with different custodians, but one custodian doesn't know what the other custodian is doing or the other advisor is doing. So you end up with tremendous redundancy in your portfolio. Now, if you happen to end up with the best performing asset class for that period of time, you look like a genius. But in most cases, since markets are mean reversing, you probably end up with something where you take a gigantic tumble at some point in that, uh, you know, in, in that experience. So never a good idea, you know, to try and spread around different advice. You got to find an advisor you trust who can diversify you properly to get to your goals. Yeah, it's like having too many cooks in the kitchen. And I'm looking here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 accounts. <laughs> like at tax yeah. time, that's got to be a nightmare uh, to go through all that, just to even never mind just the paperwork. Um, and the reality of it is like that irony of like, hey, I've got lots of different accounts. I must be diversified. But Jen, what I like here is what you did is you took every investment and we kind of labeled it. Um, and you can see here that if even all these different investments, they have a different portfolios, they're all invested in the same area. Like they have this total concentration. And meanwhile, they think they're diversified. Like it's the biggest, we see this all the time when we're reviewing cases on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I think another, and like you mentioned a little bit, but a big thing for them is taxes, right? So, you know, they're in their mid sixties and, you know, in a few years at 72, he's required to take that required distribution from his IRA. And they have a lot of, you know, IRA and retirement assets. So between now and then, there's a lot of things we can do creatively tax-wise. Um, but if your stuff is all over the place, it's really hard to have a consolidated plan. Um, so really, our, our goal was to make sure they have, you know, we can do Roth conversions when they're in lower tax brackets and do a lot more creative things tax-wise, you know, when it's all consolidated and you have a real, you know, cohesive plan. Yeah, it drives me crazy when there's more than one IRA spread at different custodians, especially if it's at a bank. They forget to do the required minimum distribution. The client forgets to tell you that they have an account at the bank, um, and then they end up paying a fifty percent penalty. Boy, if that is, that's not a buzzkill, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, nothing's more of a buzzkill than paying more taxes than you have to. And I think the one thing our view is like we really think taxes are going higher. And here's a great example of somebody they've stopped working, right? So they're in a low income bracket this year, and they have this small window because they're already in their mid sixties, and they're going to be seventy two before they know it. Um, and then they have to take those distributions. So what an awesome time to convert some of their money at a low tax bracket into tax-free income for life. And I don't know about you guys, but I like tax-free income for life. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me, um, you know, from where I'm standing. But you might feel differently. You know, Jen, the big problem I see almost, I mean, almost every day, you and I reviewed a number of cases just this past week. 
where when you have this type of, of distribution of your assets all over the place, uh, it's amazing how all these advisors think the same way. They have them very overweighted in large cap growth. They end up with a lot of money in cash that's not invested because they don't realize, you know, across 12 or 13 accounts that a little bit of cash adds up to a lot of cash, which is earning nothing and absolutely no hedge for inflation. Not a penny in commodities, not a penny in real estate. I mean, you see this, you know, all the time where these portfolios are, it's almost as if they're sold investments that do well because it's easy for the salesperson at the other custodian to sell, you know, sell what's up as opposed to doing what's right for the client and, you know, investing based on what's going to happen, not based on what's happened in the past. Yeah. And, and even after, um, you know, one of, one of the brokers that they worked with before, you know, I kind of sold them certain products that you know, maybe made sense at the time or, you know, but a lot of them were, you know, bond funds and things that, mm-hmm. you know, again, like we've talked about a lot, especially this past week, Bob, you and I, but in general, you know, they don't have that fixed income component and they're really going the wrong direction, right? They're all kind of negative for the year and you have no set income coming in, especially for this couple who has, you know, they're living on their portfolio now in their mid sixties. Yeah. We need to make sure they have income coming in. It's such a great point, right? Because look, when you cross, you cross that, that Rubicon, so to speak, into what we call that wealth distribution, or you're going to start living off the land or your portfolio. It's like, you've got to reposition your portfolio with more certainty. Like I love that word fixed, right? Like I'm looking at this portfolio here. Perfect example, Jen, you're able to increase the income on this portfolio by over $40,000 a year or $100,000 a year just in dividends and income that are going to come in, regardless of what the market does, right? And that's pretty, you know, think about that. You got your Social Security coming in. You know, you have $100,000 coming in from your portfolio with a lot of certainty. That takes so much uncertainty out of your situation. And most of us, we don't do that. You know, we don't look to fix those incomes. So we're not stressing in retirement. And that just, that's a huge difference between doing it right and doing it wrong. Well, that's what I love. When you have all these different brokers working on your account, they all sell investment products. They're all uh, portfolio managers. You're right? so cynical, which Bob. One, yeah. Well, which one is the financial planner? Where is, you know, every time we sit there, I said, well, show us your, you know, the plan they did for you last year. Well, we don't have one. Well, where's the wealth projection? It shows you what's going to happen to your assets over your lifetime. We don't get that. Well, who does a review of the overall strategy to see that you're going to achieve your goals? Nobody. I mean, it's like the most important thing you can do is, you know, recognize that nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, you're not investing properly, right? If, you, if everything's perfect, then you've got a really bad portfolio. Um, so you've got to review every year in the context of where you are now and whether what you own is the right thing to own. I mean, when I see accounts like this, Jen, I call it the day the earth stood still. You know, they, they tested you for your, your risk tolerance. They invested your money based on where you were and who you were 10, 15, 20 years ago. And then it's like, you know, all right, we found you, forgot you, and, you know, good luck getting to your goals. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I love our competition. They keep feeding us great clients, just like <laughs> this client. I'm so happy they're with us now, as opposed to all these different brokers. Yeah, Jenna. Exactly. And they finally have a cohesive, actual plan put together. As Bob likes to say, another financial masterpiece. Great job on this, Jen. And if you're thinking yourself right now, too, like, hey, I'm tired of winging it. Um, I need a plan that's got some fixed components where I know exactly the income I'm getting every year. I need to get on top of this now. I went to a brokerage firm. They don't look over my stuff. Well, here's your shot to do it. We literally have two slots left. If you have over $750,000 safe for retirement, myself, Bob, 
Gen Financial Angel will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review where we literally look at everything. All you need to do is send us your holdings. We've set up a secure email server. We're going to build you your own personalized financial portal. And we're just going to go in on every single issue that you have financially. No other firm does this work up front. We're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement when that paycheck stops. How are you going to draw from your portfolio? How are you going to take Social Security? How are you going to account for inflation eroding at all those costs that you're going to have every single year? We're going to stop for that, put together a full income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at diversification. If the market sells off tomorrow, are you protected? We've got tons of inflation. Do you have inflation hedges in your portfolio? Or are you sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, earning nothing, trying to figure out what to do? We're going to put together a full investment game plan so you grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over time. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you products with lots of fees and taxes. We're going to go through every investment, deep dive everything, show you where you can reduce cost, optimize your tax situation because taxes are probably going higher. Then we're tying it all together into one total financial master plan and determine the most critical question. Are you going to outlive your money? Or is your money going to outlive you utilizing strategies now our family has worked on for over 40 years to take your family from point A to point B with the least amount of risk and the highest odds of success? Don't miss out. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Yeah, we only have two openings left. You know, we can only do 10 of these a week. I'm sorry if you missed out last week, but don't miss your chance. Text or call right now, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. This is Bob Payne, and I'm with my son, Rye, and we're the Paynes of No Pain, No Gain Financial Radio. Have a great weekend, and be bullish. Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. 40% of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973 354 2276 or elevate wellness group.com.